Annyeong SAO, welcome to Afternoon of Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, three American romance novelists discussing all things K-romance from a writer's lens. We fangirl over our favorite actors and actresses, talk up our trope addictions, and nerd out on K-drama deep dives. We'll throw in a few K-pop and K-skincare wrecks for good measure, because why not ride the Hallyu wave all the way to shore? So grab some duck bokeh and listen to your new favorite unease. Hey, everybody. Hi there. Hello. So, look, I have something to talk about. After you said you would never do the before show banter again. After I said I would never do banter again. I have so much anticipation. I know. Just to set the stage, Megan's been like, I have something I want to talk about. And then no hints, nothing. I've been holding this in since Monday. Okay, so if you listen to our happiness podcast... You know that I told a story uh, about how I took a spring break trip and... No, no, you didn't. No, you didn't say a spring break trip. You took a spring break cruise. Right. Well, well hold on. Hold on. <laughs> you, took a Cari- hold on. you took a Caribbean. A Caribbean I cruise. said that I took a, let's call it a seafaring vessel. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> from... No, I did say cruise at the time, I, but now I'm saying a seafaring oh, vessel. We're... We're really backpedaling. We're really backpedaling. <laughs> from from Florida to the Bahamas, which is yeah. like two and a half hours, whatever. A ferry. And at the time, I you know, I said a cruise and I got yeah, roasted on ferry. the podcast, which was hilarious. And then I got roasted on Instagram. I do want to say, like, I it was in no way like offended. It actually made my day. Like it was the best. I laughed really hard. I loved all the listeners who got in on it. Um <laughs> But, but we have some And you have been holding this? <laughs> holding this until since Monday. Okay, so I scrapbooked the spring break trip. Yes, like a 50-year-old mom. I scrapbooked the spring break trip hey, at the time. You know, scrap scrapbooking is for all ages, yeah. Megan. So um, I kind of forgot that I scrapbooked it, to be honest. And, and I also thought that it was really only pictures of, like, cans of beer and and ice in a bathtub like i didn't think there was anything actually like worthwhile in the scrapbook because i haven't I haven't looked at it in a while did you actually moved. scrapbook beer in a bathtub yes i have the picture i can show you so does it say like blessed over it <laughs> <laughs> that was before hashtag hashtag blessed yeah uh, that was before hashtags that was when they were still the pound sign <laughs> So Neil was in the basement uh, cleaning up and he's like, he comes upstairs and I'm in my office and he's like, did you know that you have a scrapbook from spring break? And I was like, yeah, like, yeah, I, I knew that. He's like, well, like you need, you need to look at it. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> Guys, it was a fucking cruise. It was a fucking shows, cruise. Shows and I, <laughs> and I have goddamn evidence so i'm really proud of myself because what i did is i saved the ticket i scrapbooked the ticket and i even scrapbooked a layout a graphic layout of how, the ship how long were you I, on the ship for oh only like two and a half hours like I it just, was truly I just really drive that point home oh no it was no it, <laughs> but it was a cruise ship i swear okay. to god and i'm gonna prove it and i'm sending you pictures right now because neil was like you got to tell them. He was like all excited. And for the record, he thought the whole thing was funny too. Like we were, we all thought it was funny, but I have evidence that it was, and I have, so I have a picture of the cruise ship and then, um, so I'm sending it to you right okay. now, which I realize our listeners are not You're going to post this. this. You're going to post this. I'm going to post it on Instagram. So I Googled it. So first of all, you can see my ticket, which I'm going to tell you right now, my name is misspelled. <laughs> Are you sending this via text? Like, where is this going? Yeah, and it is, it was called the Discovery Cruise Line, and the ship is called Discovery Sun, and I Googled it, and it was considered a day cruise ship. Like, it was meant for day cruises, but it is a cruise ship that is not a ferry. So this is what, this is what you've been sitting on with such glee since Monday to bring to our space, (laughs) is that you're going to dunk, you're going to dunk us on this boat ride. (laughs) I'm like Amy, like I, my ego needs to needs to tell you that I'm right. And I have, so I also sent you a picture of my friend. So wait, 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 okay. 
Okay, but here's 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 the thing. Here's the thing, folks. Okay, it this this does resemble a cruise ship, and I've been on a cruise. It's not. Look at it is a, look, look. It at, is a two-story boat. One, two. It's a two-story boat. There's two there with a with a roof. Like it's a two-story boat. It's a two-story boat. Wait, and it and it fits. It fits. It looks. It looks like photo. a large ocean-going ferry. Like the length of the boat. <laughs> I mean, it, like <laughs> Megan, were cars parked inside of it? No, were cars I don't parked think so. inside of it. At I mean, any I point? don't remember, but I don't think so. Okay, I think we, gonna... we need to have a poll. We need to have a poll and have people vote I on whether or not this is a cruise ship. Yes! <laughs> so I, I will tell you too, Neil was like so excited. He kept saying, like, I was like, I'm recording. He's like, today's Wednesday. You, you, get, you tell them today, right? Like, he was so excited. He knows that you've been keeping this, like, bottling this up as the big, the big reveal the big reveal of a big boat. I think this could be like your smugness kink that you have together as a couple. That's absolutely Neil's. He like loves, oh yeah, he's totally smug. It's so annoying. But no, I. it was more, it was just really exciting because it's, this is the deal. I was like, again, I thought it was funny. I was like, I wasn't like going to let it go because in honesty, I was like, maybe I misremembered. Like maybe it was totally a fairy. I was 21 at the time. I'd never really seen a big boat. Like maybe, maybe it really was a fairy. Like I was like totally. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know what I mean? I'd never seen a big boat. Like have you watched television? I'm just, I'm just Megan from the. From rural Pennsylvania, I don't know me anything about big boats. <laughs> you know what, Megan? I will. I will hand it to you. It's not a fairy. It's not a fairy. Thank you. It's not a fairy. But uh, we will take a poll and ask. But I've people. been on. But I've been on a couple of cruises and like cruises that you stay on for right. a week. They are the boat is much bigger. Right, correct. Is it like a nine-story like Royal Caribbean? No. Is it like the Titanic? I mean. Not even that, Rose. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Look, I've looked up. Did you look up Discovery Cruise Line? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I did. I looked up Disco- the the MV Discovery Sun is the flagship and sole ship <laughs> of Discovery Cruise Lines. <laughs> so it's being billed as Discovery Cruise Lines. Uh-huh. It's line because it is a boat. A boat. And it provides regular service in Fort Lauderdale to the Grand Bahama Island, and it acts as a passenger cruise ferry. Oh, they use the oh, word ferry? So I love it. Both? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a cruise ferry. I didn't even see that. That's the best. It's both. So, look. We all we, win. We can have we all it. Win. In this case, we all win. Well, like, I here, feel better because. a sad story. In 1984. Yeah. A fire broke out on it, and one crew member and one passenger were killed, and 57 passengers and crew were injured. Oh, my God. On that boat. Ooh. And now it no longer... Oh, this gets sadder and sadder. <laughs> it stopped operating in 2011. It was offered for sale, and no one bought it. So in 2012, it was broken up for scrap <laughs> in Chittagong, Florida. Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. That should have gone for my memories. They said it's to Bangladesh with scrap metal. <laughs> my memories have just been treated <laughs> for scrap. So you take that update of Nugget back to Neil. And his smug, smug self. I can out smug you. Okay. Well, actually. I feel a little bit better, though, because before, only you were winning. So now we're all winning, and I do feel a little bit better about that. No, you want to know who's not, want to know who's not winning? Discovery, Discovery, Discovery Cruise, Cruise Lines. Line. <laughs> Discovery Sun did not win in this situation. We won. And oh, speaking of win-win... I do think that is a great segue yes. into today's podcast, Woo-hoo! which is all about mutual winning and the pleasure that comes 
from when we all went. That's a good segue. Look at that segue. It's a good segue. There's no boats involved in what we're talking about today. Thank you for letting me. Thank you for letting me. There could be though. I mean, like somebody may have a you know a captain kink. Ooh, (laughs) Ooh. uniform kink. You never know. (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, here we go. BDSM. Something I never imagined I'd say to open up the pod, but here we are. Regardless of whether or not we participate in kink, I think most of us have heard these four letters before and probably conjure images in our minds when we do. But what do these four letters stand for? Lucky for you, your Nunas are here to let you know if you don't already. B is for bondage, kind of self-explanatory what bondage means. D can be either discipline or domination slash dominance, which is deriving pleasure from disciplining or dominating. S is for either sadism, deriving pleasure from inflicting pain, or submission, deriving pleasure from submitting or relinquishing control. And M is for masochism, which is deriving pleasure from receiving pain. According to Annabelle Knight, as quoted in Cosmo, because Cosmo knows all, a sex and relationship expert at Love Honey, which I did go to the website to check it out, and it's a quote-unquote sexual happiness commerce site, they talk about it being for sexual happiness. So it's it's a lot. There, it's, it's an overseas company, though. I think it's a British company, so um, harder for us to shop there, but it looked pretty interesting, actually. So Annabelle Knight says, although some people think that BDSM is quote-unquote kinky, in some cases it doesn't have to involve sex at all. The mental connotations of some acts are more of a turn-on than the prelude of a particular act leading to sex. So I liked this because I think we see this facet of the BDSM relationship in today's discussion, which is the webtoon-based South Korean movie Love and Leashes. Also, we'd like to point out that all our discussion of BDSM is under the assumption that it is a consensual relationship between partners, which is exactly how it's portrayed in Love and Leashes. Folks, this is a movie, only two hours, which means there's not much we can talk about without spoiling the story. But as always, we'll start out being as general as we can and then let you know when we're going to spoil. What we can say to start is that all three of us were delighted by this film and are excited to discuss it with you. So, to start us off, Megan and Leah, without even discussing the movie yet, what do you think about this interpretation of BDSM so, in general? look, I think that BDSM and kink is just a rabbit hole where you can go deep, deep down into, like, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, a, you know, like the cave in Tale of the Nine-Tailed. <laughs> like, there are deep, dark places that you can go into in like exploring some of these ideas. But I think that for the sake of this podcast and the movie we're discussing today, which I think kind of approached it as a bit of a like BDSM 101, this, what you just shared, feels to me like a great overview for like the average person who may not be aware of the nuance. So according to Soompi, director Park Hyun Jin said, I read the webtoon after receiving the offer and it was so interesting. Not only does it deal with sexual tastes, but it's also humorous and doesn't miss out on parts you can sympathize with. The female character, Jung Ji Woo, was charming. She is a character that is usually criticized for being blunt to people and not acting cute or forcing a fake smile. But Ji Woo thinks that Ji Woo is cool. I thought that I could tell a story about the quote-unquote normalcy of establishing a relationship with a character who is outside of the quote ideal female image that is expected and demanded. So what do we think? Without spoiling all the fun just yet, did Park Hyun Jin tell the story that she set out to tell? Uh, so I do think she mostly achieved what she wanted based on this quote. Um, I didn't necessarily find Ji Woo charming in like the definition that I use, but she was definitely a departure from the ideal heroine, and I really liked her. Like I would uh, want to be friends with her because she was she was honest, she was blunt. Um, I personally liked how type A she was, and so the path she took, like, on her journey into kind of the kink world and her sexual journey, like, it all made sense to me. It didn't feel forced based on the characterization that they gave her. And I'm going to posit that charm is also in the eye of the beholder, because, you know, what one person might find attractive or endearing could be off-putting or irritating to someone else. But yeah, above all, I do think I just agree with the fact that Jiwoo was very honest and I think that that level of directness can be really refreshing 
And for me personally, kind of aspirational as a woman who it can be just hard at times to feel as if you can tell it like it is, which is kind of like that, like that much no fucks attitude. Yeah, I liked her a lot too. So finally, before we really dive in, what were your thoughts on BDSM before the movie and have they changed since watching the movie? So as a romance author, I've come into contact with plenty of people. I mean, especially actually other romance authors who are in the kink community. And so I've always really respected them and their knowledge. I like that they're really willing to share their knowledge with the rest of us who aren't as knowledgeable and that they're really kind of advocates for they're advocates for acceptance of the kink community. So, you know, I'm into it. Uh, you know, again, I'm always going to say as long as there's consent involved, as we said at the beginning of the podcast. And I don't think it's going to be a great shock that I'm more interested in some of these aspects than my two esteemed co-hosts. You know, for me, I found that just like on a personal level, within like writing romance, I felt like stuff that was kind of often deemed hot became things that I was just very desensitized to at a really quick pace. Like it didn't take long before I was seeing, you know, like, I don't think it's such a thing anymore, but like for a while, like people were always doing like graphics, like authors were making graphics and sharing just kind of like dirty bits of their story on graphics. And they were meant to be like titillating, I guess. And like, I think a lot of people found them to be such, but for me, I could like just be encountering information like that. And it was essentially like reading the New York times, like, I literally had like no reaction at all. Yeah, it kind of felt like almost I was like reading it for research. I'm like, what are what are they doing? But it wasn't like I was like, you know, yeah. ooh, let me read that book because of that uh, one sentence teaser of titillation. Yeah, and I just like I found myself just kind of getting like bored with it. But just and this is me approaching it from a personal place, not from like a because I think everyone like likes what they like, right? But for me, that just wasn't something that like really caught my attention. Um, but I do respond i think to like a good mind fucking and i think that's always present in like a solid bdsm story as well as like that emotional edging and we've talked about emotional edging before which is just that idea of like delaying gratification and that can happen even in like a very chaste k-drama but i think that that's like a a, that's like a rush i chase (laughs) and i also think that like more people are probably involved in kink or want to be And as a result, I think that this kind of a movie makes me happy because I feel like it acknowledges a lot of those desires as existing without taking them like, oh, so seriously. And that's not to say that desire isn't something that's serious. And also, let's just be real that like a stern daddy can be like a very important thing. (laughs) But I feel like this Love and Leashes movie, it really felt to me like kind of a Disney BDSM. Like it showed enough, it glossed over a lot, and it wrapped the whole experience up in this pretty bow with like an HEA. Um, I just want to add, I I did really like that this didn't seem to take everything so seriously. Like it, to a degree, it like made kink a little bit more fun, but, but there was still some like good like meat, like layers behind it, but it did make it seem kind of kind of fun too and and I like that you know and accessible I'll say because I think it can feel very intimidating like oh am I gonna like end up you know in a dungeon and yeah look you very well could if you want to dabble like you could <laughs> but I'm also saying that like that could be like an that feels like a big reach for maybe like you know right. being in your Starbucks like thinking about this right. to like you know that could feel like a bridge too far <laughs> And so content like this, I think, gives you permission to and maybe not even not maybe even like take it to like an actual level, but to even start to imagine like maybe some of these aspects are something that are appealing to you. And that's okay. And what does that mean for you? Yeah. And I think that's that's why I really enjoyed this movie because I, you know, I'm probably the most vanilla of the three of us, but not because I'm a pearl clutcher when it comes to BDSM. I just... I got into writing romance at a time in my life when I was also going through a slowly ending marriage and eventually a divorce. And so that whole part of my life kind of got muddled for a while and even put way on the back burner. And this has nothing to do with my ex-partner at all. Like I will always say, like, great guy, great father to my kids. We just weren't, you know, the right fit. But that also means that even the thought of anything out of the realm of like regular old penetration was like the farthest thing from my mind for a long time. 
That being said, now that I'm single, I'm starting to learn more about myself and more about what interests me. So I definitely appreciated, like Leah said, the sort of Disney-esque intro to BDSM, because for me, it was kind of a foray, a foray into this world um, for me and for any of us who might just be starting to explore. And so I did appreciate that lighter aspect of Yeah, and like Leah said, it felt accessible. Yeah, absolutely. Like it wasn't, I, I wasn't watching this thinking like, oh my God, people do that? Mm-hmm. Wait, is that mm-hmm. what it is? Like it wasn't anything that was like, meant to, to sh- like for shock value yes, or anything like that and and i i definitely appreciated that as well that it was like look here's some stuff that might be out of the realm of your norm but it's not meant to like it's not meant to try and make you clutch your pearls basically and one other thing i just want to add before we get going because some people might like bounce out if they haven't seen it or whatever that i think is nice in this drama is that they also talk about like the online spaces that like support BDSM activity. And so like you see these people who are kind of like figuring out their stuff or going through it. And then you can also, it's not like a lot of content, but you can also see that there's times when like there's like chat rooms or questions and people like she's taking questions and getting answers that are like practical and useful information. And people are just being very supportive in general. And so I just like that idea that it ended up just being like it was shown as, again, like accessible and normalizing that like, you know, like she would just go in and be like, I'm not sure how to do X, Y or Z. And people would be like, here's here's you just need to go do that. Yeah. And it was shown as a supportive (laughs) community, which from my like limited experience, again, mostly like other romance authors, it is a very welcoming and supportive community because they want people to be safe. They want people to be be happy and um, within within the community and within, you know, what they're doing. All right. So, folks, that's about it as far as the intro. So if you haven't watched Love and Leashes, pop on over to Netflix and give it a whirl. Despite what you might think from the subject matter, it's actually a very sweet yet poignant rom-com that keeps the BDSM very PG-13, like we've been saying, so that the subject matter is accessible to those with varying degrees of interest. Or if the movie is just not for you, but you want to hear our take, then hop on the wagon as we take off on a semi, on a semi, but as we said, PG-13, wild ride. So here we go. We'll start with the movie blurb from Asian Wiki. Jung Ji-woo, played by So Hyun, works for a large corporation. She has feelings for her coworker, Jung Ji-hoo, uh, Lee Jung-young, but she hasn't expressed to him how she feels. One day, Jung Ji-woo receives a package. <laughs> the package, the package <laughs> was intended for her coworker Jung Ji-hoo, but the delivery was mixed up due to their similar names. When Jung Ji-woo opens the package, she sees a dog leash in the box. At that time, Jung Ji-hoo runs over and tells her that it is his package. The dog leash is intended for S&M use and belongs to Jung Ji-hoo. He tells Jung Ji-woo about his S&M fetish and his interest in playing a submissive role. Jung Ji-woo does not pass judgment on Ji-hoo, which touches him. He asks Jung Ji-woo if she would become his master. Ji-woo accepts, and they promise to have a temporary three-month relationship with Jung Ji-woo becoming his master. And this was like like a contract in, in everything, right? Like they... Like, it was very, mm-hmm. like, this is a thing that we're going to do. This is not a relationship, per se, like, romantically speaking. This is, like, a contractual agreement, which I also thought was pretty interesting. And sex wasn't a part of it. It was sensual at times, but sex was not, yeah, sex was not a part of it. But let's let's back it up for a second here before we talk about sex. First and foremost, should you get your sex toys delivered to work? <laughs> So look, I love this scene so much because it was absolutely ridiculous and and a, just a, an amazing meat mess, let's say. But like, oh my God, you know, why would you get your studded, custom nameplated dog collar sent to work? <laughs> I did laugh though because I loved how he tried to play it off that it was his dog. It was his dog's collar. And then she sees this like postcard that was clearly, oh, this is a, a from a BDSM shop and he tries to throw it away and she's like, but that's a coupon. Why would you throw away a coupon? Like it just felt, I have to admit, like that dialogue made me love the heroine so much. And it also felt very spot on characterization. Like I just, I really adored that. 
the BDSM coupon. <laughs> but it was, I mean, right. it was I like, love zero it. She was like Don't. She was just like, yeah, yeah like that you're going to throw out a coupon? The coupon. <laughs> um, so look, I wrote a book where there was like a meat mess, I would say similar. And I'm just going to bring it up just because it really, as I was watching the scene, I was like, oh my God, I wrote something so similar. Um, so at the time it was the raciest book I'd written. I think this book came out in 20, uh, maybe 16, 17, something like that. Um, so in the first chapter, the heroine is at her workplace late at night alone. She's like, uh, formatting or for uh, a magazine and her computer isn't working. And she asks the hero if he can help her with her computer as she just assumes he's it, he's like in the building, but he's not, he's actually the silent owner of the company, but he fixes her computer anyway, because it's like social skills aren't that great. And that's when he sees that she's been on Tumblr, you know, back in like the glory days when they allowed porn on Tumblr and now they don't. And so what's the point of Tumblr? Just kidding. And so he sees she's been watching this like (laughs) sexy gif of a man and woman engaging in like maybe just, you know, I didn't go full BDSM at this book or anything, but just like maybe a little bit of rougher sex. So it's a total awkward meat mess that leads into some fun, sexy times that I really enjoyed writing. And all that to say, you know, you shouldn't mail your dog collar to work and you shouldn't watch Tumblr porn at work. Like, come on, people. Common sense. (laughs) Except, of course, unless you have a shame kink where you're hoping to be caught out. In that case, go for it. Just be aware that you might end up without a job, too. I mean, I realize that the color being sent to work is a plot device. And without that scene, we would have no movie. And it is a very, like, funny and endearing scene. But come on. Just the collar alone in the wrong hands in an office is like a human resources nightmare. And we, I, like what I do love with this drama is we do get into like some human resources issues. <laughs> do we ever? Too much. We'll get there. Too, we'll, get there. we'll get there. All right. Uh, so what were your thoughts on Jiwoo's and Jihoo's personalities at work versus their roles in their BDSM relationship? Yeah, I mean, I thought the casting was really spot on as both of that, like the actors, I thought fit the role really well. And then the characters uh, were also great. So Jihoo was definitely like a people pleaser. Um, and I could see him wanting to relinquish control, while Jiwoo absolutely wanted the control and most likely deserved to have control at work. She, it was like an ongoing thing that she had like a jerk boss. But um, then she could get what she wanted outside of work in her relationship with Jihoo. So for me, a lot of aspects of character development worked for me in this film in terms of this sort of functioning as a kink 101 vehicle. So I appreciate the idea of an inexperienced female dom and a more experienced uh, male sub, although how he got any experience was never touched on. And I do have lots of questions. (laughs) And so while he is her superior at work, he's not her boss, but he is like higher in the food chain than she is. Um, I don't feel like that aspect was touched on nearly enough for my personal butter liking, (laughs) you know, for my, you know, universal fantasy. I wish he had to boss her around a bit in real life, frankly. Um, Also, I think I'd like to have seen more of his stress in the workplace and in life to justify why the idea of subspace works for him so much. And they also don't really explain what subspace is in the drama, I think, very well. So I'm going to just do it here. And so it is very personal and individual to, um, like, to everyone. But essentially, subspace is this, like, mental state of being that a submissive can enter during a BDSM scene. So physical pain can often get someone there. So in the drama, we do see that like he wants to get stepped on in like those red fuck me heels or getting whipped. We can see, you know, there's a very, we never actually see him getting whipped. We see some aftercare where she's like tending to him um, and like getting roped up. So when those kind of scenes happen, like all the flight or fight chemicals get like mixed up in a person and it can kind of feel like you're on drugs and like you can get out of your head and like real life problems and stresses just kind of go away and you're kind of just existing in this world where like the only thing you're really aware of is the dominant and not much else. So clearly Jihoo is like chasing that experience and I think it would have helped the story if that like the why in that was unpacked a little more and tied into his lived experiences. Whereas I do think that we see Jiwoo's um, natural dominance more. And also because we can see like a little bit more in like the workplace, you know, where she is 
often not allowed to be in those roles, why it's appealing for her to be able to act those scenes out in alternate spaces. I'm, I'm sorry, I just want to say the exaggerated, like, leather creaking sound <laughs> when she was stepping on his back killed me. Like, the... I want to know who did the sound for this movie because it was just like so exaggerated, like like the creaking of the letter. It it just it, I I like I was trying to be in the scene, but I couldn't stop focusing on the leather sound. That's funny because I, I don't know why I don't know why it just no, it took say, it didn't, me out. It didn't bother me. Like I don't I barely even remember it. No, I liked. I think I kind of liked the sounds. I think what would make me have questions is just like clearly. Clearly, he has this. We don't see a lot of like how he went from point A to point B. We see like some flashbacks, and I know we're going to get into it. And I didn't think he did. And that's the whole thing. Like, I didn't think that he did. I thought that he wanted to to act on his tendencies, but then didn't when. And we'll get, you know, we'll talk about his. And that could be, I mean, and so that could be what happened. It's just like, I also feel like. So he's never acted on it ever, and he's That's knowing what, himself dog collars. I know, very I know, in like leather business and like puppy play because he's <laughs> like, very right. active on the. He's very active in like the chats, right? Like, so I feel like that's the only place so far that he has admitted it. That's that was the inclination that I got. I feel from like the dialogue. Kind of, yeah, and I think you're not wrong in that. Except I felt like some of what he was doing was a bit advanced. Oh gosh, yes. Well, right, I th- so yes. I, I will say I thought most of this the like scenes that they like cut to. I thought they were him like daydreaming. I didn't realize they were really happening. Like honestly, I like maybe three scenes happened, and I was like, wow, he's really got an active imagination. And then all of a sudden, she's cleaning his back and it's like a real scene and i was like oh that shit actually happened like i actually did not because <laughs> yeah. they, they do a different like pretty fast coloring of the scene yeah they do like a different coloring right. of the well, scene she does like they do. wax on his back and then all of a sudden she's like making him bleed and i was like well that was <laughs> zero to 60 <laughs> and there's yeah there's very little in like the terms <laughs> yeah and i feel like you know they set up a safe word but then they don't really visit that again to like the HR meeting at the end. <laughs> and yeah, so I mean like a lot of the a lot I will pause it to say that I like this movie and at the end I'll say I think it was a, a successful like 101. But I feel like for me a lot of what makes makes these lifestyles and these choices and these like sexual activities interesting and compelling is the psychological aspect. And I feel like because of the movie that they were trying to make, they glossed over it to make it more accessible, but lost some of like that, like goals, motivation and conflict that we like in the story as a result. So our heroine Ji Woo is new to the BDSM world. I, for one, as I've said before, appreciated that the film involved her researching and learning about it before deciding whether or not to become Jihoo's master. How do you, do you how did you feel about the education portion of the movie? I mean, I thought it was really cute. She's like on the computer doing all this research and taking notes. Um, and it really fit her character. She's very, very diligent at work. So it made sense to me that she would be diligent in all aspects of her life. I will say it did remind me of like the glut of BDSM romance books that came out after Fifty Shades. And I don't mean glut in a derogatory way, but there were definitely authors who knew and were active in the BDSM community and wanted to share that knowledge because many felt Fifty Shades, you know, wasn't necessarily the most accurate in terms of real life BDSM. BDSM. I remember a time where like every other romance book on Amazon had sex contracts and butt plugs, like all of them. Um, so I do give a wag of the finger to Jiwoo not finding in her re- research to like keep the kink at home. You know, the whole like going out in public handcuffed that whole scene made me cringe i almost wanted to fast forward it um you know i kind of have a thing like i think the public if you're going to take it out in public you know the public should be able to consent to be involved in your kink and that's what happens when you go out handcuffed your puppy sub is they have to witness that um but i actually and i I'm, i'm not shaming i just think you have to be respectful of other people But I actually didn't mind the entire scenario because they were both learning and it was like a total fail. Like they didn't show it as a successful scene. And I know they'll do better next time. And I'm sure Ji Woo had like a whole debrief with herself about it. So I will say, though, Megan, that like some people like public exhibition and that by nature, that type of kink doesn't like they don't want our consent. (laughs) 
so it's a sticky issue because I hear you saying I would like to I would I like know. to be consented into like having to see I this. Know. That's like a and I also understand yeah. that like sometimes people are like yeah. enjoying people seeing it. That's not what this was though. <laughs> so this aside, right? Correct. No, they were just she yeah, was just trying I think that something to me, new, though, and it, it was didn't work. a really great choice because it gave also again for like normalizing and accessibility. I don't think many people are just going to like nail BDSM as a novice without having some like what the fuck moments. <laughs> right. It was cute letting them see that like people make mistakes and then you can overcome them with communication. And I personally do feel pretty comfortable wagging the finger at Fifty Shades of Grey for a couple of reasons. And okay, I say this ahead. as someone who's read all the books. <laughs> so I have a really big issue first with the fact that I think Christian was portrayed as aberrant. And that if he truly loved Anastasia, he'd have, quote, vanilla sex with her. Vanilla sex being the, the common term for non-kinky sex. And I felt like there was a lot in the in the books about that. Like, he's like, oh, I'm so tormented. Like, I need to have this, like, BDSM sex. And she was, like, not super into BDSM sex. Like, she was like, I kind of just want you to, like, love me and have vanilla sex with me. And eventually like i guess he kind of just like does for love and it just felt like such like a fuck you to the kink world that the book also like profited off of so for that alone i'm like never gonna really like not loathe the series also like christian does engage in straight up rape in these books like not in acting like not acting out like a dub con or dubious consent scene it's just like assault <laughs> Um, so again, look, these books were yeah. very popular and for many people, it was an opportunity to engage in content that made them feel some kind of way. And so that's where I am very clear that I don't want to like yuck the yum. If that's like, if you read it and you felt titillated or like into it, like fantastic. However, I do just want to say that like, if that kind of content felt appealing on some level for you, let me nudge you more into that kinky world um because there's so many other books that i feel like the subject matter is handled far more deftly and with more authenticity please slide into leah's dms for for um recommendations <laughs> <laughs> she will be so happy <laughs> you know what megan i feel like one of our first like real bonding moments as like new authors when like you know we were getting to know each mm -hmm. other was you approaching me like you know sliding into my dms and being like look i've read this book and it's not for me right. not for me it wasn't <laughs> but i feel weirdly like it's for yeah. you <laughs> well because i was like look it's not for me but it was amazingly written it just was the, the content was too much for me but that doesn't mean that i can't appreciate that the story was extremely well done and extremely well written and like, I think I knew you well enough at that time where I was like, you should read this book. And you ended up like totally loving the entire Yeah, the whole series. And that was um, the original Sinner series, uh, the original Sinners series by Tiffany Reese, um, which I can't say enough good things about. I just really enjoy, um, enjoy that series. It goes to lots of places that are difficult and challenging. And I think it does it with a lot of nuance and a lot of credibility and so yeah if you want to go into you know a rabbit hole and i mean like you can get way wilder than that but i feel like this this book series goes like fairly fairly intense in like a psychological way yeah like i said the first book was too much for me but that doesn't mean i can't appreciate good writing um so let me just give you like a quick 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 overview of the like there's many characters in it but it kind of centers on mm, like a sadist priest, <laughs> his lover, who is a his submissive, who is also a switch, which means she can also be um, a dominatrix. But for him, she's a sub. And then they're like third, who is also a switch, a humongous masochist for the priest sadist <laughs> and kind of a hedonist so it's kind of like their relationship as a three but then many other characters and it unpacks over multiple books and it's got a very like literary bent to it as well <laughs> it's not love and leashes it is not love and leashes <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, hell no. Hell no. Yes. Love and Leashes is, is dis- it's like so Disney, like compared to that, yes. But, but speaking of which, the movie does a good job of not sugarcoating the whole world of kink and showing that while our hero and heroine consent to their relationship, that there are also scenes that provide a note of caution. Talk about your thoughts on Jihoo's relationship with his ex-girlfriend or Jiwoo's friend, Jaime, connecting with a BDSM predator. So I do understand what the movie was trying to do with both of them, um, but they just felt shoehorned in and I mean I do have to admit that I kind of want everything to be at least an eight episode drama now and that's just a personal thing but yeah it just kind of felt a little little rushed I also really hate the evil ex trope um and even here it just felt like she was she was just nasty rather than hurt and I kind of didn't get that whole thing never really the pieces never fit together for me regarding that relationship. Like, it just didn't feel explored properly. And the last we saw of her, she just, like, broke all his dishes and left. And I was just, like, that was, I mean, it was just, like, the weirdest role. I don't know. So it was just oddly written. It, it was fine. Like, I didn't really care. But I just, again, I, I appreciated what they were trying to do. I just needed maybe, again, I needed the puzzle pieces to be cut better to fit. <laughs> And just really quick, if I I can add in, like, just in case anybody's still listening who has not seen the movie, basically what happened was in the past, like, when he wanted to admit to his girlfriend that he wanted to be a submissive and wanted her to be his master, she was like, ew, you're a pervert and broke up with him. Yeah. And that's... Sorry, I should have explained. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that was, I mean, just just so we all know what happened. That that was basically it. It wasn't, she wasn't like, explain this to me, or it was just like, you're gross, it, it was like you're gross. Goodbye. It was so weird. She was like, "Oh, so you didn't like anything we did in the in the past? I hate you." And it was like, "Yeah, holy conclusions." <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of conclusions. And then the BDSM predator was essentially somebody who like the kink connections and trust building to then be like, "I can just like have my way with you," but in a way that there's no consent involved. <laughs> right. It was like it was like violence without consent. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because she did, Which like, is, she, like there was, like, some physical, like, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but, like, she did, she did come away, like, a little beat up from it. Yeah. Um. So, look, I agree, Megan, with you on both of these points. And if I had to wave, like, my magic manifesting wand, like, we would have had Love and Leashes be eight episodes. Um. I will say that I appreciate that the movie wanted to show a vanilla partner recoiling as if her boyfriend was a pervert. Or a predator trying to use kink as a cover for being just a straight up rapist. I think both of those aspects have have a I think like there was a lot to unpack there, but neither did have the time to be developed, and that's why they felt shoved in. Great. I like I loved that I thought they both served a good purpose, but they were just too rushed to really be developed properly. And now we have our favorite segment of every week it's the k-pop wreck of the week and now we have leah okay so i am very very excited to share my recommendation for today and this is look it's not full k-pop but i feel like it's like og influencer (laughs) k-pop so epic high which is a korean hip-hop group they released a uh, a new album it is called here part two and it came out a couple of days ago on valentine's day this whole album is so good i've been listening to it on repeat but i'm just gonna say here you know kicks it off and i really like it so i'm gonna recommend that as like the song from it to check out but i also think it's worth checking out the rest as well these are guys that have been around for a while they've been cited as influences by pretty much all the big you know k-pop musicians like bts or you know people that you're thinking of And they're a little bit older, too. So, you know, kind of like very late 30s to very early 40s. And so, you know, being in that age demographic as well, I appreciate kind of their like candid take on things, Um, you know, a little bit more of that mature hero perspective. I have a really big crush on the leader, Tableau. He's really cute. So anyway, check it out here, Epic High. And I'm going to see them live in April. And I'm really excited. If you enjoy our podcast, you have our patrons to thank, at least in part. Afternoon of Delight Patreon allows us to keep creating content for y'all to enjoy. Thank you so much to everyone who is supporting us there. 
And not to brag, but our Patreon community is pretty awesome. And you can join at a tier that feels good to you. Gain access to fun perks like K-drama posts, monthly Patreon-only bonus podcasts, and even a live K-drama support group on Zoom. Because we know firsthand what it's like to have no one to talk to about those crazy plot twists, amazing characters, and all those feelings. And look, no one should have to walk that walk alone. So learn more by visiting afternoonadelight.com. That's www.afternoonadelight.com. And hey, while you're on the website, you can check out Afternoon Delight podcast merch, find links to book recommendations, bop along to our K-pop recs, glow up your skin with K-merch recs, find all of our social media and a link to our email so you can send us recommendations or feedback. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you pop over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review? It really helps with our discoverability. Gamsamnida. So we do get a romantic happily ever after in Love and Leashes. Did we love the grand gesture while the hero and heroine were being reprimanded by human resources? <laughs> <laughs> so look, I didn't like this at all. Sorry. And I did like the movie. I did. I I just liked, I liked the parts that just focused on like, Jihoo and Jiwoo, but like a lot of the other stuff just sometimes was a little weird. And so, like, I. <laughs> so they, they did kink at work and they got caught in the office. And. <laughs> and then they got brought into the disciplinary, disciplinary meeting with human resources and they were like outraged, sort of. It was, I mean, there was more to it. But look, I had just, it, I just thought it was like corny. I kind of laughed out loud. I had total secondhand embarrassment. Like, again, they did kink at work. <laughs> So yes, the disciplinary meeting had like a healthy, not, I would say an unhealthy dose of verbal abuse and misogyny, like uh, agreed. It was, it was the way they were treated in it was totally gross, but I would say like the outrage, the outrage of the leads just kind of felt like almost a little too late. And it was just weird because then all of a sudden he like confesses like in the meeting in front of their coworkers because he, because like, she said do you want to be like before this like she decided right. that she wanted to be in a relationship and he flat out turned her down because you right. know he's scared and understandable but, he but yes his mind but he right confesses that he loves her in the meeting <laughs> yeah I was like oh god but again like I didn't care because I still found the movie movie charming and entertaining. I didn't really care, but I was just like, "Oh God, this ending is killing me." <laughs> yeah. So again, no kink shaming, but I'm not sure the workplace is like the moment to like sink your like outrage flag. Right. Like, look, you shouldn't kink out at work and then clutch your pearls if people aren't happy about right. it. Like, I get it. I get that it could be hot to do a little dirty at work. Right. I really get right. it. But I also really dislike the idea of someone doing that dirty, like on my keyboard. Yeah. Or like, the, the <laughs> so like I get it both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Like I get, like I could like yeah. it and I could also get that I'd be annoyed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it wasn't me. Yeah. So, you know, I will say that the coworkers do get a wag in my finger for being just judgy bitches and that the story just wanted us to have these leads kind of finish an arc and that they weren't they weren't shameful secrets but they were these self-actualized people but i just don't feel like that final scene played out the way that i would have preferred and i think that i'd like to have had that grand gesture of like him wanting to be in the relationship and all of that like i just didn't really want that happening in the boardroom in front of like their coworkers <laughs> at all like frankly <laughs> right I guess I would have liked, I think it would have been okay. Like, I like that Ji Woo was like, look, I'm sorry we did this at work. You're correct that we should be disciplined, but, you know, we don't need to be verbally abused yeah. over it. And, 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 and scene. Kind of and scene both there. Of them. <laughs> and scene. And scene there. Okay. And then he does some sort of grand gesture. like For them. With a yeah. dog collar. <laughs> with a dog collar. Right. Well, because... Like, I like when he had when he had the confrontation with his ex and then she broke all his dishes. I like that he said to her, like, I realize there's nothing wrong with me. Like, I, I liked right. that. Like, when we talk about self-actualization, I like that he realized there's nothing wrong with me because I have some tendency towards kink. And then that would have been the time to go run and make your grand gesture right. Right. and realize, oh, I'm not afraid anymore. Right. I can love this yeah. person. 
Right. Again, not literally like at the conference and here, table. And like one other thing to just throw into this mix of where like, you know, when Megan was saying if she's at the park, she's like not consenting to enjoy puppy play of like another couple or whatever. <laughs> and this does interesting to think about because also I don't, I don't necessarily, and this is like me coming from a place of being very supportive of the BDSM community. Of like, do you need to be, does it need to be part of your work identity? And I'm not sure that it really does. And so the fact that like in the end they were like, you know, I wasn't quite sure. Like they didn't really get all the way there, but it almost felt like it was like, accept me for who I am. And I'm like, yes, yes. And I also can see how, because how somebody's sexual preference or um, gender identity shows up like that's that's I feel like just kind of like meat and potatoes like everyone should just like you know if people should choose to disclose that in a workplace that feels appropriate but like what you actually want to do with other bodies in a sexual way I'm not sure that needs to be known mm-hmm. at the office I guess that's what I'm trying to get to so like if you want to like lay on your back mm-hmm. have your husband crawl on top of you like <laughs> yeah. spread some KY and just like pound town Okay, but I don't need to know that. Like at your the the desk next to me, and if you want to be on a be a puppy and crawling around and like eating kibble, I don't want to know that either. Like it doesn't matter to me what it is. I just don't really want to know about your sex life at work, unless I'm like acting like actively interested and you want to share. I just don't want it to be like just like I don't know if it's your right to just get to like be out with that. Does that make sense? Like I'm trying to like I'm trying to just like think that for myself, and it's like I don't care if it's kinky or not kinky. Like, I just don't want to know about it unless I, like, want Mm -hmm. to know about it. Yeah, no. Yeah. And so the fact... Right. And I don't think any... Mostly I don't want to know. Like, I can't think of many times with a coworker. I'm like, I actually have a lot of questions and want to know the deets. Like, I just don't. I like to have these conversations with friends. Right. And like if I don't ask, if I don't ask, you don't need to tell me. just, like, the person who I, like, share a microwave with. Just don't put fish in the microwave. Somebody put fish in the microwave at work today. Today? I mean, maybe that was their kink. I don't know. But I was like, came out. You didn't ask. I didn't. I just came out and was like, God damn it. Who put. (laughs) Because that's okay. Yeah. So I, I do need to talk about the whole scene in the hotel where Jiwoo puts a leash on Jihoo and then he eats out of her hand because first of all, was that dog food? Because <laughs> I don't think so, so okay. but like maybe. No, I think it was like I like I think it was no, I think it was like chocolate. Like like chocolate like gram type stuff. It did look like kibble. I will give you that. It did, but it was like a little yeah. pack it was like a little snack packet that she poured it out of and that looked like something you oh, put yeah. in your like lunch. <laughs> Not okay, you don't I'm have little saying, snack packets I don't think of he kibble. Was actually, I, Fine. Wanna, I, I mean, for my own personal fantasy, Fine. I don't. But I'm just kibble. saying, it yes. looked like kibble, and I was really kind of focused on that. But then, like, look, puppy play is just is not is not one of my things. I've read it in books, though. I've read I read a really good horse play one. I'm serious. It was really or pony play, but that's side the point. I have to admit, watching Lee Jun Young eating out of her hand, like kibble or not, was hot as hell. That was super sensual. And her little like gasps. Oh, I I love that scene. My favorite scene. Yeah, I'll say the same for me. And like again, mm-hmm. no no shaming if puppy play is your thing. It's not my thing. Mm-hmm. And you can eat kibble if you want. Like I'm also not shaming you if you want to eat kibble. <laughs> but as I watched it, I was just very much like, okay, very clearly, like for me, I know more about kink than maybe like the average like viewer at home. And it was just a very reinforcing moment for me how much I don't want to be a puppy <laughs> like i don't even like i don't like i don't like animals in real life i don't want to see one. <laughs> oh my god i loved it he did he he so invested funny. like god bless him he did i'm so and i can't and he i did. kind of couldn't understand like the why like it's fun it's a little innocent like you can get out of your head it's like imagination like i could get i could psychologically i was like thinking about it and i'm like i can see a lot of why this could be appealing for someone i really can just not for me but the oh when he ate out of her hand holy crap that was hot like i thought it was hot it 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 was well in her reaction to it was hot too but going back a second like to him just being like the barking puppy i love that like they're in a hotel room and like people in the next room are like yelling like quiet your dog down (laughs) anyway i was i I love that scene but i also wanted to add in that i loved the birthday 
scene where, you know, he the whole setup where he had the table and the cake and it was the day before her birthday and he gave her those, you know, those high-heeled red shoes and not because I'm a sadist and want to walk all over his back and give him welts, but because I think maybe a little bit of my kink is someone making a big fuss over me like that. And sure, give me a pair, you know, of the sexy shoes, but rather than walk all over you, I want to wear them while I watch you maybe like vacuum the house with like a really sleek Dyson. <laughs> Those those shoes were hot as hell, and Sohyun, the actress, did have. I'm not even. I'm not into feet, but she had very pretty feet. She could make a lot of money selling feet pics. That's all I gotta say. And I was just gonna say one thing I liked. I mean, there were lots of just like kind of fun humanizing moments in all of this, and I loved her with like the the big cartoon because they actually worked for like a children's network, and she's oh, yeah, like I love that practicing thing. her rope play on like the giant oversized <gasps> stuffy. <Yes. laughs> I forgot. I and loved that. I thought it yeah, was Yeah, it was very thing. earnest. It was very ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it was sweet. Like, again, it was trying to be like, you know, because I mean, like, I could see rope things being like, oh, my God, like rope. How crazy. Like, why? And then, like, it's just her tying up the stuffy and all of a sudden it made it like it just like flipped a lot of the script. So I do. I think it was good because I think it ha- did probably spark a few like questions and aha moments for viewers. Yeah, she was, I, I love that. She, it was, it was very earnest. It just showed that she was trying so hard to like be a good master and good to her sub. And it was so cute. I think it's safe to say that we all, we all enjoyed this movie. And I, I hope that you all are going to, you know, give it a look. But before we close things out, how about a book wreck, something with maybe a little bit of kink? Okay, so I decided to go. I had already, I gave a plug already to Original Sinners, and I've given that plug before, so that's not what this is. I'm going to give a plug to um, a book. It's uh, the second in a series called Nature of Desire, and I'm choosing this one. It's called Natural Law by Joey W. Hill, and this one has a, um, a very alpha sub who's a man. So I think that that alone is kind of interesting. And then um, it has a uh, like a nascent dominatrix. And so I'm just going to do a quick overview of the book, which is Mackenzie Mac Nighthorse is a highly respected homicide detective and career cop. There isn't a dangerous situation that can back him down. However, the personal becomes uncomfortably entangled in the professional when he goes undercover in a high class BDSM club as a male submissive. So. He goes in, but he ends up finding, like, someone else at the club. They get it on. He is, like, a very big, very masculine guy who gets put in lots of submissive situations. I thought it was kind of a good, like, mind meld of, like, taking that archetype and, like, really, like, putting him on his knees in an interesting way. And I recommend it. It is definitely spicy. It is definitely got, like... It's not Love and Leashes. Like, you know, if that's going to Disneyland, this is going more on, like, a Six Flags roller coaster. Like, we're not, like, off the map, but, like, you know, you're going to have a lot more adrenaline. So it's like Love and Leashes yeah. would be like a ferry to the Bahamas from Florida. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate you. And yeah, this, this would be like, more This would be more of a cruise. This would be more I of a cruise. Hate you. I would say this is more like getting in a motorboat <laughs> with, like, some, some whiskey and, like, putting down the throttle. <laughs> It's like a life raft. <laughs> and Joey, Joey W. Hill is a is a very famous BDSM author, meaning she, this is, she writes. Uh, I think if you're in the romance community, you you know her name because this is she. That's what she's good at. And finally, what are we all watching right now? We are all watching our beloved summer. We are loving which it. Which is full of my emotional kink, which is. <laughs> oh, it's it's all emotional edging. Yeah, I started on Monday, and um, so today's Wednesday. Oh my god! I I mean, I'm on episode twelve. Like, I sped, I sped through it because, again, it's like, yeah, it's like emotional edging. Yeah, can't wait! I love it so much. Well, we are, we are, we will be doing. It's we haven't buddy watched anything in a long time so it is kind of exciting and we'll be doing a podcast on it all right well thank you everybody for listening we hope you'll check out love and leashes if you haven't yet and let us know what you think and until next time thank you for listening to afternoon of delight where can you find us outside the pod head on over to afternoonadelight.com 
That's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, annyeong!